Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned for you. Um, something I've been kind of uh, sitting on wanting to talk about for a while, and I thought this is very apropos. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of general. It's, you know how do we manage our feelings in such a difficult time, which I've hit before in the most recent couple shows, but um, this is a very different perspective. Um, that's what I love about psychology. There's so many different ways to look at something um, from the health and wellness perspective, from the disordered and pathological perspective, where I can talk about, you know, what is a toxic partner? What is a toxic relationship? How do you know when your relationship is broken? That's one really great, important show. And then another show is, what do we have to do to keep our relationships healthy and thriving? What are green lights to continue seeing or dating someone? What are signs that you've really found someone you can trust? So this one's really about our mental health and wellness. And neurology is beautiful when it aligns perfectly with theory and philosophy. And, um, you know, what, what I've been really touched or moved by uh, having done mental health work for two decades, being a psychologist for two decades in general and, you know, sexual psychologist, because my work is general psychology, you know, did a doctorate in um, clinical psychology and then went on to also do a doctorate in sexology, human sexuality and sex therapy and then getting certified. So it really rounds out my interests of sex relationships and mental health. But what's really been impactful and, and really powerful to see is how plastic our mental health can be, meaning we can really work with it and try to do the best we can to make it very robust. Now, of course, things happen in our lives. They're gonna impact our mental health that's outside of the scope of what we can necessarily harness control around, and I hold space for that. But this is really a show where we're gonna talk about what, what we can do, uh, what work can be done, and it's both easier and harder than you think. Theoretically, when you talk about it, what the work is itself is, is easy to understand. The application of it is what's difficult. The use and internalization of what we're talking about. And it comes back to something that I say on the show every now and then, which is the quality of your practice is the quality of your life. The quality of your practice is the quality of your mental health. I said to my patients, we'll talk in session about some tips, skills, and things they need to apply. And I'll say, what you go do between sessions, AKA the quality of your practice, the practice of mental health skills, is gonna determine how happy your relationship in life is. About, you know, 
of all the transformative factors, maybe 20 to 30 or maybe sometimes 50% max are what happen in the actual session where the other 50% or more, depending, is what you go do all those days in between. <laughs> do you utilize and practice and eternalize and create true transformation? Or do you do nothing between sessions and think that all that matters is what you do once a week in that session? It's not enough. It's not enough. Think about school. You can't just go to a class once a week for an hour and be like, I'm good. You have to go home and do some homework, research further, apply those skills. It's called field work. Mental health is the same way. So you can't just listen to Loveline and be like, we're good. It's like, no, go home now and do that. Work with your thinking, work with your behavior. Because that's what we're going to be talking about is really working with our thinking. And that's one of the hardest things for people to do. Most of us are very mindless. We don't think about our thinking. We don't work with our cognitions. And I'm trying to get everyone to be mindful and to pay attention to what they're thinking, to pay attention to where their mind is. That we have a lot of control over. And that which we think about determines how we feel. That which we are thinking about and how we work with our thoughts determines the quality of our life and our mental health. We have to think about our thinking. We have to step outside of it. It's very hard because what we tend to do is get infected with whatever we're thinking or feeling and we buy into it immediately. We get swept away by it and infected. Well, I feel bad, so I'm going to act bad. I feel angry, so I'm going to act angry. Or I'm thinking these thoughts, and instead of thinking about those thoughts, about how realistic they are, are they extreme? Is it even correct? Is it rooted in reality? Can I shift it? We just get infected and go off with those thoughts, and then we have these feelings. So that's what the show is going to be about. I'm hoping to also transition into a second topic in the second hour, so stick around for that. It's going to be some really important health information about some things that are going on, but I wanted to open the show by just talking about a little bit of work with our mental health because, again, that's what's coming into my office consistently right now and also my DMs are people saying, I'm overwhelmed. It the pile of things that are going on in the world keeps getting bigger. Um, it's never ending. And I feel like every time I turn on the news, we're hearing about another mass shooting. It just doesn't stop. And for those of us that are tuned in and very sensitive, we're feeling the impact of that on top of everything else that's going on. <laughs> so tonight's a show for everyone. Um, again, when we come back, we're going to talk about what are the things we can do to really work with our thinking so as to improve our mental health, our relationships, and everything else that goes on around us. And there's a lot we can do. It is easy in theory, harder in application. It's something you have to practice. <laughs> it's like everything else in life. Uh, so we'll be talking about that. And of course, we'll be doing some DMs. So if you've got a question for us or a topic, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Again, that's questions you got, something you want us to hit, circle back, hit again, drop deeper into, we want to hear from you. That's the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And then past episodes of uh, Loveline. That is always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Love Line and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Lots of good stuff to come. Um, so uh, stick around. You know, we're going to change the world one person at a time, one mind at a time. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Oh, Rachel, we are back and talking about mental health stuff, but more importantly, talk about how to think about our thinking, how to be more mindful instead of being mindless, where we're just going about our day, our thinking has total control over us. We have no control over our thinking or our emotions, but yet we can and we should. A healthy person is always thinking about their thinking. They're tracking it. What meaning did I just make out of that? How do I want to respond? They're not just getting infected with their feelings and their thinking immediately. Why? Our brain has a negativity bias. It's always going to go to the negative and that's a protective mechanism. It's also very catastrophizing and it's going to make things go really extreme and make them very personal. That's what happens. Again, I love using the same examples because they apply to pretty much everything. Someone cuts you off in traffic. What do most people do? They freak out. That person had does not know you, was not doing it because it's personal, was maybe rushing to the hospital, maybe was running late for work, maybe just wasn't paying attention, but we make it about us. They do not know you. We make it extreme, calm down. They cut you off. No one got hurt or injured. Yes, it might have scared you or upset you. Take a breath. Nothing bad happened, right? And we go negative. We never say what might be going on for that person. Oh, they cut me off. Well, that's annoying. But again, nothing bad happened. Life is well. We're, we're still going to have a great day. Wasn't about me. Because instead of thinking about your thinking, which is what I literally just did in front of you. Hey, wow. What do I want to do about this? I'm feeling kind of upset. We have to start to do more of that. And it's kind of like a, a split. We both want to think about our thinking, but we also want to understand that what should guide us is not our thinking or our, or our emotions, but our ethics and our values. What kind of person do you want to be in those moments? Act like that. So again, if I'm in line at Starbucks and someone spills coffee on me, I'm not just going to let my anger infect me and punch the person who did it by accident, didn't do it in purpose because they, they do not know me. And it isn't that deep. Yeah, it's annoying. But, you know, again, the person didn't, you know, break the glass over my head. They spilled coffee on me accidentally. Okay. So I think about my thinking. I'm like, okay, that's annoying. But Chris, calm down. This person didn't do it on purpose. And I act for my values, which are, I try to be a kind, forgiving person. And so I say something like, hey, let me, let's get some napkins and clean this up. Literally had that happen a couple months ago. I think I was talking about on the show where a server spilled a green tea uh, matcha latte thing on me and everyone held their breath to see how I was going to respond. And I was like, oh man, bummer, but can you get, get me a napkin? You know, everyone makes mistakes because he didn't do it on purpose. It wasn't his fault. It was a human moment. It was an accident. There was nothing to be angry about. No one was harmed. 
So I had to crank it down in right size that, okay, he spilled some stuff on me. I'll be okay. It's under a five because a five and above are for things that are violent <laughs> or unjust. This is an annoyance and a frustration. So it's a two, three, or a four. And I had to live from my values, which are from kindness. And I thought about it. And I walked myself through it because I'm practicing that. I'm practicing being a better person. So that's the first thing I want to bring up on the show is that I'm going to take a sidestep for a second and circle back. The first thing is know that whatever we put our attention on is what is going to determine how we feel and how we think. And what I mean by that is I'm generalizing for a second. I'm stepping outside the topic, which is. We do have some control over how we feel for the day, depending on what we're focusing on. And I did a show earlier, um, while not, not that far back on happiness and the studies around happiness. And that this is kind of like a caveat to that, which is, you know, as I said, our brains have a negativity bias and they tend to make everything personal and catastrophic. And if we allow that and focus on that, AKA put our attention on that, well then yes, that's going to become the reality in the world in which we're living but I can also shift my attention. So I want to use that example, meaning we start our day and we are not having a great morning. What do we want to attend to? We want to keep focusing on how bad our morning was. Well then yes, our afternoon is going to be bad as well because we're still living in that. Or we turn our attention to the rest of the afternoon or what else is going on. Maybe you had a bad day, but do you want to keep your attention on that bad day and continue to feel bad? Or do you want to turn your attention to all the other things that are happening around you or maybe the excitement of what's happening tomorrow and let your mood and your feelings and your thinking come from that? You get to decide because what we focus on and what we put our attention on actually neurologically creates functional and structural change. That's new information to some people. Excuse me, that our brain is always changing. It's always getting updated based on whatever we're putting our attention on. And that's why I keep saying to people, if you're always focusing on the negative, you're going to feel bad, negative, and depressed. Uh, this is not about toxic positivity and saying always focus on the positive, but it's saying be thoughtful about what you're focusing on because that's going to turn into how you feel. So if you're just going through a breakup, you don't want to spend all day long focused on your ex. Otherwise, you will feel bad all day long. It is healthy and, and living in reality to say, okay, I just spent an hour feeling bad because I just spent an hour focused exclusively on my ex by thinking about him, calling a friend and talking about it. Let me now maybe take an hour and put my attention on something else, maybe even something that makes me feel better. That's called mental health because mental health is about flexibility, adaptability, fluidity, and thinking about our thinking. Yes, you're upset about your ex. Yes, your ex dumped you and that's horrible. But if you keep your attention on that, then you're only going to be living and feeling from that. And that impacts our mood. We can also direct our attention to something else, which is why I talk a lot during difficult times like right now, socially, politically, to be very thoughtful about where your attention is going. Don't keep it on the news. Don't keep it on the topics that are upsetting or distressing. Change the conversation if someone else brings it up. Change the channel if the news brings it up. Because whatever your attention's on is not only going to impact your mood, but it's also changing the function and structure of your brain. Because we have a brain that is what we call experience dependent. The neuroplasticity of our brains, the brain that is changeable, because our brains are always changeable. We used to think that they got solid and stopped changing after mid-20s. That's not true. Experiences, powerful ones, especially interpersonal ones, change our brain. Neuroplasticity is experience dependent. And those changes also impact our nervous system, learning, and our memory. Because we know this, that whatever you focus on, those neurons will fire and they will wire together. We pair things. 
whatever is the front and center of our awareness or attention becomes built into our neural structure. We have that much control over our neural structure. All right, we'll be back and uh, we'll keep talking about this. So stick around. You're listening to Love Language. That's Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Oh, Rachel, we're back. And for the break, we were talking about the beauty and the dark side of the fact that whatever we put our attention on will literally rewire our brain, cause neuro changes structurally and functionally, because our focused attention is what our entire brain and nervous system become essentially attached and identified to, and we are going to absorb and be living in whatever it is we're thinking about. I was using the example of an ex. If you're going to spend all day long ruminating about your ex, thinking about him, looking at his IG, calling a friend and talking about it, well, that is where your attention is, and you are going to start to only feel based on that. Well, guess what? We can, we can think about our thinking and say, I've spent all day focusing my attention on this. Dr. Chris was telling me whatever my attention's on is going to severely impact my mental health. Let me, let me take a break from that. I've literally had to say that to friends. We've been talking about this for an hour. Your mood is dependent and tied to that. Let's shift what our attention's on so we can also shift your mood a little bit. What, what has gone on today that's been exciting for you? What's going on tonight that's exciting? That's as realistic as sitting in the negative. Neither one is more or less honest. We decide what we focus on. It's no more honest to sit for another couple hours in the negativity of your breakup. It's no less honest to say, let's also acknowledge that, you know, you had something exciting happen this morning. Tell me about your job promotion. Like we get to decide what we focus on. So in some ways we have power over our mental health. Pay attention to where your brain is. That's why I'm always saying, pay, pay attention to the themes and topics of what you're following on social media. If you're not in a great mood, don't go on there. It might pull your attention towards something like, do I have a beach body? Even though we all know it doesn't really matter what your body looks like. Health exists at every size and everybody is a beach body. But you might get pulled into this toxic gym culture thinking. It matters and it changes functionally and structurally your brain based on the information that's coming into it. What's front and center in your awareness is more likely to become part of your neural structure. Um, and this is built on survivor, whatever survival, whatever ancestors were focused on was most relevant then to their survival. Our brain thinks if you're, if you are overly, overly centering something that it's necessary for that to really encode that. Well, most of the time though, our thinking is faulty in that we're focusing on things that have already maybe happened or ha or aren't ever going to happen. Um, so, you know, again, our path of development is about changing our brains and we have the ability to do that. It's called learning, you know, and that's based on whatever our focus is on. So pay attention to what you're putting your attention on. Listen to yourself to hear the stories you're telling yourself, thinking about your thinking and track it. Because if we're always focused on and putting our attention on the bad, the negative, well, then our bodies are in a constant state of stress that is bad for the body, all of that cortisol, um, inflammation, it wears you down. It's not just that your mood and your mind, it's also your body. Because again, we're not trying to deny or illegitimize feelings ever, but we're also not trying to amplify and dramatize them. We're trying to sit in the middle, which is all right, I feel bad, something bad happened, but I can turn my attention to something else and I can also have a better thought process centered around it. Yeah, someone spilled a, a matcha latte on me. That's a dark green color that stains. Okay, I'm not gonna dramatize it. He didn't throw it at me. He, he, did, he had an accident, it wasn't personal. Accidents happen. So I'm not gonna ignore that I'm upset, but I'm also not gonna crank it up. I'm gonna sit in the middle and be like, that was a bummer. And now I'm gonna move my attention away from it because I don't want my mood to be sitting in the fact that someone spilled something on me. And I'm gonna think about my thinking, create a narrative of accidents happen. We've all done them, moving on.
We all can apply that right now to these difficult times. We need to do that. In fact, it's imperative to not keep ourselves overly obsessed and ruminating about what's going on around us. It's a big act of self-care. And then the final piece to that is plan and allow for joy in the midst of all of that. What plan it? You're going to be going home soon tonight. What can you do tonight that's joyful? Or the weekend's coming. Let me make sure I have a few things planned that bring me joy. That's another part of this. It's both distracting, but it's also making sure we're finding time and carving that out. And the best way to really center and bring in that joy, because we need a lot more of it, is usually socialization which is very hard when we're depressed because a big part of depression is behavioral deactivation, which means shutting down those access points. So text, call, FaceTime, go see a friend. When's the last time you saw a friend? Make those plans. And also the use of our senses. Something that smells good, looks good, sounds good, tastes good. Maybe you're going to lay or go see music. Maybe you're going to go eat some delicious food or go to a bakery and have some snacks or maybe you're going to bake at home. Uh, Maybe you're going to go see something beautiful, go see art, go to the beach, go hiking. Uh, So it's like usually the joy is found, again, through socialization or through our senses. But by all means, go go to everywhere, have sex, you know, solo sexual, whatever works for you. Create some art, don't create some art, I don't care. But plan some joy. We always want to make sure we have joy planned on our schedule. And it'll be as ha- ha- it'll be great for us when we get there, but we don't want the weeks to go by and have us just focused our attention on the negative things, because uh, those are there. But at the same time, there's a lot of other things. It's that adaptability and flexibility that we're going for, not positive thinking. Um, now, having said that, a tool that does work for some people that do want to have a more powerful shift, by all means, gratitude list. You know, it's a really good way to break the day apart and to say yes, and this is here too. Both end. It's not all bad. Um, We're also focusing about three things that, you know, make you feel good. It's about uh, graciousness. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we're going to come back and do some DMs. So uh, stick around for that. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back, y'all. So don't go anywhere. All right, y'all, we're back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my best friend is constantly dating men. (laughs) Well, props to them. I love that. We should all be dating more. We should all be working on our relational selves. We shouldn't be learning how to be single unless you want to be single. But for all those that don't want to be single, please don't get comfortable and work and, and work on that. I hate when I hear people say, oh, well, you know, now that you're out of that relationship, you should learn how to be single. No, you shouldn't, unless that's actually what you want. If you are not interested in single, don't please don't work on that. Learn how to be a better relational individual. As I say all the time, look back at your past relationship. What can I learn from it? How can I be a better partner next time? What do I need to do more of? What do I need to do less of? Work on our relational selves. We need more of that. Dear God, we don't need to learn how to be more individualistic and on our own or single. Quite the opposite. Um, Here you go. You said, my best friend's constantly dating men, but me and everyone else knows that she's only doing it because she's afraid of coming out. Ah, the twist, surprise twist. So she's dating men because you believe she's afraid of coming out. So she's, um, what do they call it? Um, hetero washing herself, apparently hiding her queerness or her gayness. I don't know if she's gay or queer. And those are two very distinct things. Um, I think she's, I think she's so afraid of our reaction and her family's reaction that she won't even explore another possibility. Okay. So how do we know that she's actually maybe gay or queer? Is this 
because apparently this person hasn't come out to you, but you think you know her better than she knows herself. What's going on here? Back to the question. You said, I tried to have reassuring conversations with her and she doesn't really respond well. Okay, then honor her boundary. Just because you think she should be out or you're ready for her to be out doesn't mean she should come out. It's not about you, your comfort, what you want, what you think. It's about her. She has set a boundary indirectly by not responding well. Listen to that. It's like when parents are like, I think my child's gay. What should I do? I'm like, you should do nothing. You should let them go through their process at their speed. And it's not about you. And when they do come out, you can give them the biggest hug and the biggest kiss and say, awesome. Love you. In the meantime, feel free to have, you know, talk positively about anything gay, trans or whatever else comes up in the news and the media just to lay a solid foundation that that's a welcoming thing in your family. You watch TV show, you see a gay couple, you say something, what a beautiful thing. I'm so thankful to see gay people on television. That's really important because gay people do exist and they have just as much a right as straight people do to see themselves reflected in media. Say things like that and that will help you try to understand that you're a safe person to go to, but it's about their time, not yours. And so I'm saying that to you as well. This is about your friend's needs, not yours. Maybe she'll never come out. Maybe she'll never be ready none of your business. Lovingly love her from the side. And if right now she needs to be dating men, that's all on her and that's her business. And I hope she's enjoying it and getting the best sex ever with these people based on or until whatever's going on. You know what I mean? Uh, back to your question. You said, I want to be there for her as my best friend, but I'm just not sure how to by minding your business. And I say that lovingly, <laughs> just mind your business. Keep hanging out, keep telling jokes, you know, keep doing all the things and keep being very friendly and welcoming to whatever guy she dates or brings home because that's where she's at. And maybe she'll always be there and maybe you're wrong and maybe she's bi or I don't know, but meet her where she's at. Don't try to drag her to where you're at. That's how you help her. Support her exactly as she is on her journey. It's really, really important that everyone hears that. <laughs> Sometimes we're further ahead than the other person and we're ready for it. But they're not. <laughs> and it's not mentally healthy to force someone. That's why when people out other people, that is violent and offensive. We should not be outing people. We should not be putting people's gayness or queerness or polyamory or whatever it is on blast. It is not our business. And we shouldn't be doing that. That's violent. Which is why I don't like celebrity gossip. I don't think it's news. It's gossip. And it's and it's toxic. And we need to stop talking about people's business. That's why I get so upset. I see these articles talking about people's marriage ending. That's not our business. And we need to stop making it our business because it leads to things like this where we think we have a right to really weigh in on where someone's at. And we don't. It doesn't impact you, you know? So just love your friend and support them for where they're at. Um, we can apply that to so many interesting, you know, themes and concepts in our lives. So let's do that, you know? Um, if you've got a question for us, drop in the DMs. That, that's the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Slide on in there. Put your questions, topics you want us to hit, something you want us to circle back to, drop deeper into. Love giving you what you want. <laughs> we are a um, gracious, generous lover over here at Loveline. Uh, want to make sure you leave happy, <laughs> satisfied. And uh, past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. Bam. Binge, post, we listen, and share because got to reinforce the right stuff. We have a lot of unlearning to do. We got to replace it with better perspective. So anywho, we'll be back though. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around y'all because there's so much more to come. Don't go anywhere. All right, y'all, we are back and switching gears a little bit. Um, had a conversation. It was a kind of, you know, you ever have a, a thread of a conversation where it's kind of dropped and picked back up and it's continuous and you're constantly, not constantly, that's the opposite of what I'm actually trying to say. You are not constantly, but at times re, re um, connecting to that thread, kind of sharing more. 
I have a friend we were processing over the course of a couple of days, minimalism. And uh, we had both watched a documentary on it. And we were talking a lot about it. I think it's a beautiful thing. And it really, again, ties into topics I've talked about on Loveline, specifically around happiness and what the research shows us. And for those that haven't listened to that episode, you can go listen to it over at wearechannelq.com. But nonetheless, I'll give you the uh, Reader's Digest version, which, by the way, is that reference outdated? Does everyone know what it means to say, I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version or the Cliff Notes version? Cliff's Notes. Is that even still a thing? I don't think we even need those anymore. We can just Google stuff. But anyway, basically, it means a very short, uh, distilled concentrated explanation of something. Anyway, um, what I had talked about in terms of happiness is how we know that the research on joy and happiness shows us that it has nothing to do with what you own. It has nothing to do with money or material things or status. Uh, those things give you but a uh, temporary and short burst of maybe joy or satisfaction or excitement. But true happiness is actually about contentment. And um, that's kind of what minimal, minimalism is rooted in. And I think when we talk about mental health, we do have to acknowledge how consumerism and capitalism and materialism has negatively impacted us, where people really think the good life is what they see in movies and billboards and on social media. And they think it's about having a hot body and the right clothing and listening to the right musicians and having the right brand new iPhone and car. And we know that that's actually performative happiness, that that again gives them momentary bursts of it, but that long deeper levels of happiness are about contentment with what we have. And, and more importantly, minimalism tells us it's about building a life that we want to be a part of. And I'm going to talk on a later show about this idea of vacations being a reflection upon not liking the life that we're living. And if you like the world that you've created around you, you don't feel the need to escape. Yes, of course, it is fun. And I am a full supporter of seeing different cultures and trying different foods and whatnot and different forms of art. That is a really important part of like joy and pleasure and mental health and living a life and purpose and meaning. So it's not to discredit all that. If you have any sense of who I am and follow any of my social media, you know that I'm a big fan of all of that. But it does give us an important core message. Sorry, there's something in my mouth. Um, having a human moment live on the air. Uh, yeah, so anyway, <laughs> it happens to all of us. Um, Minimalism really speaks to the idea of not trying to continually stay on that hamster wheel of always needing to purchase something new or or whatnot and, and, and focusing on the externals in order to feel like your life is meaningful. And it's really beautiful when you sit with it and you read a lot about it. And I had gotten some books on it many, many, many years ago about living simply and minimalism. And we're definitely in a world of maximalism and have at it. Some people like a lot of jewelry and a lot of color and a lot of objects. Again, for me, that's clutter. Uh, that's not money well spent. And um, again, it, for me, it's a lot of time seeking joy from the external. But at times, it also isn't. Some people collect things. And it's really rooted in something else. And some of those things are purchased while spending time with someone or traveling. So, you know, again, I have to assume that we're already aware of the obvious caveats. <laughs> I can't universally speak to every possible situation and exception. Although a lot of you hold me accountable to that. And you'll be like, but what about this? And what about that? And I'm like, oh my God, I have to assume everyone can critically think and understand that. We're, we're just theorizing and philosophizing. Um, and minimal, minimalism is quite beautiful. And that's where... 
you know, this is not what we're going to talk about, but I thought what was really beautiful that's kind of adjacent to that is how some of the most successful people tend to eat and wear the same things because they want their time, energy, and focus on things that are important to them. And that's why they are so successful. And they don't really care about what they're wearing and they eat the same thing. And it just becomes very standardized so that, again, they can put their attention on something else. Um, and, and you can, you know, see a lot of uh, people that are doing that. And I have a sense of that in my own life where I wear the same couple colors and I don't get caught up in fashion and all that. It's just not what's of interest to me. But for those of you that are, I do appreciate that fashion is art artistically related and whatever, but I'm not going to defend. Um, but the research on minimalism and what I was really talking to my friend about is how all of the, again, the research on happiness and the research on minimalism and, um, and even thinking backwards on our lives when you know, winding our lives down, people think a lot about the relationships that they had and spent time within. And again, I use that word in a very universalized way. I don't mean romantic. I mean, all kinds of different relationships and uh, how that's really what we should center our time and energy and spending on experiences with people, because those tend to give us the most joy and we reflect happily upon those things. And they also give us something that we walk away with where material objects don't. They give us nothing more than whatever we can gain from looking at them or using them. And they tend to not last long. You know, sneakers, cars, watches, iPhones, jewelry, we tend to constantly need to fix or get new. It's a constant cycle where memories and time with people are things that sustain us and they actually nourish us. It truly is like taking a vitamin neurologically um, and psychologically. So we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about some of the finer points of minimalism because I think, again, it's very powerfully tied to mental health. So stick around for that. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back, y'all. So don't go anywhere. All right, so we're back talking about minimalism. I know we live in a world and culture of maximalism, more, faster, shinier, bigger, harder. Those things aren't what uh, mental health are about or even happiness. I'm kind of pulling a lot of different threads together. Uh, minimalism teaches us that it's really about the simple things, the things that nourish us and actually we take with us. Interpersonal experiences, experiences with relationships, experiences with other people are things that, again, we can carry with us, not just in memory, but you know, neuroplasticity is really experience dependent. So if you want to change your brain, you want to change your thinking, you want to change your mental health, it is about experiences and experiences with other people. But minimalism is really focusing on stop spending so much money on the newest, coolest things and instead just focus on money that's that's about time with. And um, I love that. And I'm trying to do more of that where maybe instead of buying that new couch, I'm instead going to buy tickets to see some shows with friends or to take some trips by myself and with other people. And I'm going to walk away from those experiences with a whole lot more. Now, again, I'm not knocking the idea that a couch is important and that the couch can also be a part of experiences and socialization. God knows I've done a lot of things on my couch, if you know what I mean. A lot of experiences were had on that bad boy. God bless it. It's probably mad at me. Um, so I'm a fan of couches. I don't want people to email me, me being like, why do you hate couches? Trust. I do some of my best work on them. You know what I mean? Some of the better moments of my life. So um, I'm just talking about the fact that it's not about materialism that will bring us happiness. And I can say that till I'm blue in the face. And we still get trapped in that because the whole world is always trying to pull us towards that. Um, I love this next point that minimalism really brings forward. The idea of ready, not just not bringing in, but also removal, the removal of things that we aren't engaging and that is unneeded and how it clutters. And it, and it really, um, what's the word I want to use? It really uh, uh, obscures the things that maybe we do find meaning and value. And I know when we talk about even like clothing and going through your closet, 
I realized I had so much in there and I wasn't wearing all of it because I had so much that I wasn't able to really see what I had or to remember or find or be reminded of the things that I enjoy. I got rid of so much stuff and um, I now wear uh, the same couple things because those are things I like and I don't mind wearing the same things repetitively. Um, I don't think I always have to wear something new. Uh, you can wear the same things. Fast fashion, we're always purchasing new cheaper things is actually environmentally quite destructive. It's in the top three things that are the most environmentally damaging and there's a lot of beautiful research and documentaries on that um, and it's a lot of waste. Uh, and a lot of a lot of um, underpaid and dangerous workers that are creating those things in different countries. So there's like labor issues, um, definitely some patriarchy in there. Definitely, like I said, some environmental catastrophe stuff. So like, it is better that we just stick with what we have. Go through your closet and get rid of what you don't wear and start wearing the things that you do love. Wear them over and over. Let's let's make it cool to wear the same things. Let's make it cool to not keep purchasing and buying new. Um, I would love to see the influencers and celebrities doing that saying, forget these stores that are trying to keep trends on point so they can make money. And instead, let's just normalize wearing what we enjoy and what we have. I even talked on the show about pleasure activism and starting to only wear things that make us feel comfortable. I've powerfully stepped into that. I no longer wear things that don't feel comfortable. I don't care what the event is requiring. I don't care what professionalism mandates. I'm going to center my mental health and pleasure first, and I will not wear things that aren't comfortable. And if that means I show up somewhere too casual, then that's how I dress. And if you invite me somewhere, I will show up dressing the way I dress. And if that's not appropriate for you, don't invite me. It is about me. If I'm being, if I'm anywhere I'm going, it does have some element of being about me because I'm a human and my needs matter, right? No one's needs are more important than anyone else's. Um, it's also why I'm advocating to always honor whoever's attending whatever event you're throwing, whatever their different needs are in terms of accessibility, mental health, and also even things like dietary. But that's a whole nother conversation for another show. Uh, just a little plug. Remember, not everyone, you know, some people are vegan. Some people are gluten-free. And it's a sign of respect to say to people, do you have any dietary needs? I'm inviting you to my wedding, to my birthday party, to my event. I want to make sure you feel respected and honored. Like, you count. It isn't just about me. But again, that's a conversation for another time. We're really... Look at this idea of getting rid of things that burden us, um, time, money, and energy, and they distract us away. And um, they don't make us happy. So what would it mean to remove unneeded, unwanted things and to stop bringing things in? People have even talked about if you bring something in, you have to remove something. And it can't just be an accumulation. It has to be more of a balance. I love that. But more importantly, I think it's about what gives us pleasure and joy and the ability to see, access the things that are important to us is meaningful. Um, some of this stuff gets a little clunky. I think some of it's very rooted in privilege. Um, when they talk about, you know, your, you know, things around work and the meaning in that, um, we've talked a little bit about that on the show. We need to give some of that a break. One of the things that came up a lot though, that I thought was really important. And I love the younger generations that are honoring this. They're like, listen, my time is important. And if I'm going to take a job or go to an event or participate in something it has to be meaningful, has to be aligned with my ethics and values. And you're going to have to actually pay me my worth. And I'm a fan of everyone advocating to be paid their worth. If you're looking at a job, ask them, what's the pay? It's so bizarre to me that we're not allowed to say very quickly, what's the pay? As though that dishonors what you're there for. Everyone has jobs for money. We all know that. Why can't we acknowledge that? No one is just there for the love of it. It shouldn't be problematic or inappropriate or not professional to say, please tell me upfront first if it pays. Otherwise, I don't want to waste my time. Um, but that, that should be the same for everything. We should be guarding our time in all areas what we're doing after hours, what we're doing off the clock, what we're doing over the weekend, and really making sure we're centering self-care and prioritizing our energy. I want people to really be guarding their time. 
it is a limited resource. And I don't think we acknowledge that enough. And that is why we talk about building a life that has meaning and value. So you're not always trying to escape it by always hyper-socializing, always needing to travel or, you know, problematic relationship maybe with things like drugs and alcohol because you just don't want to be present. What would it mean if we built a life that we wanted to be present in and be a part of and we guarded our time and we guarded our energy and when we were asked to do something, we said, what kind of time and energy is that going to take from me and is that something I'm willing to give? And it's not about being... Um, uh, it's not about not being collective in responsibility or thinking about mutual aid or not thinking about collective care or selflessness. I'm all about generosity. We need more compassion, more generosity. But there is a way to also protect our time and our energy at the same time. And I think that that's important. Um, all right, we're going to come back and talk more about this. And then we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got some DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Stick around more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back and we're just finishing up our discussion on minimalism. And I think it has a lot of really important commentary to add to the conversation around mental health and happiness. And those are things I'm always talking about because, well, they're front of mind, but they're also the core of um, our lives and our emotional, you know, relational functioning. And we're just talking about being protective of your time and energy and thinking about what things actually cost in those terms. And if that's important to you, reprioritizing relationships, removing unwanted possessions and keeping things, reusing things, removing things that get in the way. Um, I also loved this and it was really, really a beautiful pushback on ageism where it says, you know, really appreciate your season in life, where you are in life and the things that are happening. And that, you know, the people that tend to be the most satisfied with their lives are those that make the most out of and find value in wherever they are. And we're always going to be moving forward into different phases of life and not necessarily always having a decline narrative on aging, but realize what aging can provide. That's what I'm working powerfully on. We're all going to age. It would serve all of us to stop seeing aging as loss and deficit and instead say, well, you know, all phases of life have positives and negatives. Youthfulness isn't, I don't ever want to go backwards. I value that every year of my life, I find more purpose and meaning. And I like the person that I've become make that your story as well, where it doesn't have to be about loss and decline, although that is a part of the story, but that's also a part of youth. But I find value in what this current phase of your life has to offer wisdom, um, more authenticity and confidence. I remember my grandmother very beautifully saying, the older I get, the less I care about what other people think. And that was such a powerful lesson because in our youth, all we want is to be like everyone else. And hopefully in adulthood, we remove and move away from that. And it saddens me to see so many adults that still are all about conformity, wanting to do what everyone else is doing and fulfill the rules that they think they're supposed to fulfill. And it's like adulthood and aging, hopefully is very liberatory and you no longer care about those things. And you're living a life rooted in who you honestly are. And you're surrounding yourself with those things. What a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Removing the fragility of youth. Youth, at least for me and the people I work with, was very traumatic, very fragile. Yes, had moments of happiness, but it was a time of trying to figure out where you fit in and who you were. And that's the work of the first phase of life. And hopefully, and not everyone will, we grow out of that. And at whatever point in our lives, hopefully at some point, we get to the second phase of life, which is about what's my legacy? Is my life rooted in purpose and meaning? Am I living authentically? And it's no longer about doing what everyone else is doing and being at the right places and wearing the right thing. Things. But you can apply that at any time in your life. It will serve you. But at least that's the beauty of adulthood. And we should find a way to really value and appreciate that, or at least set that as a goal. 
Um, because that's the saddest thing is to work with adults that are later in their lives and they're still, still not creating their own visions and they're not living their own mission statement. And again, we live in a world where people haven't even been challenged to think about those things. Like, hey, what are your ethics and values? I posed that as a question on the show. I said to all the listeners, what are your ethics and values? And if you don't have an answer, wow, figure that out. You should, but people are like, I know my meal plan. I know my, you know, my plan for my career. And it's like, great. But like, that isn't about the quality of your life as much as what's your mission statement. Are you living a life worth living? Are you going to look back on your life and say, I'm proud of my legacy. Like it is no longer about you and the world. It's about you up against yourself, higher meaning transition into that. That's part of my work with adults is to help them developmentally get to that stage and get away from keeping up with their friends and trying to run with a squad and trying to fit in. Those are the challenges of our youth and hopefully we outgrow that. And minimalism is a part of that. We don't need to be wearing the cool thing anymore. You don't need to be listening to the popular music. You don't need to be doing all the things. It's now rooted in what is important to you. And I found that again, so liberating (laughs) where I finally said, I'm going to stop doing the things that I don't enjoy period. And whatever that means is what that means. And I will spend time with the people I do enjoy doing the things I do enjoy. No longer am I spending time with people I don't enjoy doing things I don't enjoy because that's what everyone's doing. And that for me was part of me not drinking anymore and getting away from bar, club, and festival culture. For me, that isn't rooted in my ethics and values and what's important to me. I don't, that is not my jam. And I appreciate that it is for some people. Good, do your thing. This isn't about judgment. It's about me talking about what's real and honest for me. And we all need to be moving towards that and finding that. So ask yourself that. Are you living the life you think you're supposed to? Or are you living the life that you want to? Are you living a life of conformity and falling in line and doing what everyone else is doing? Or are you living a life of authenticity, excuse me, authenticity, honesty, and liberation? And at any phase, you can step into that, but that is especially the work of the second phase, which we hope is what happens in adulthood, where you kind of start doing your honesty. And that's why, you know, again, I'm so thankful to see younger individuals coming out as gay and queer and trans and non-binary, and they're doing poly and open relationships, and they're just living more honestly in a way that I've never seen. And it's such a beautiful thing. They're living in truth. And when I was younger, we didn't have people that modeled that. We didn't have the terminology for that. We didn't have the support and resources for that. We didn't even have the legal rights behind that. That's a beautiful thing, which also is what's horrifying right now because people are trying to roll that back. And I'm talking to you, Abbott and DeSantis, because Texas and Florida, and now Ohio's like, Texas and Florida are such prejudicial, um, prejudicially run places because of their governors. And scarily, places like Ohio were like, hold my beer, you know, see what I can do. And now they're stepping in with some really gnarly stuff. So, you know, there's a political piece to this as well. Um, All right, coming up next, we're going to be doing some DMs. So if you've got a DM for us, drop it in there. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. 
sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all. We're back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Hey, Dr. Chris, what dating advice can you give for someone who just got out of a 10-year marriage? Woo, the world is different now. The world is different. You got a lot ahead of you. A lot of things are exciting, a lot of things that are dynamic, and also some toxicity. It's, it's a little bit of a mess. Back to your question. You said, I'm finally ready to get back out in the world, but I really don't know how, especially because everyone on these apps seems younger. I'm 43. Well, you get to set your age preference, and I think you should go wide because <laughs> you never know where love is going to emerge. Um, but the world is different. I would say be very thoughtful about what you're looking for. Um, there's so many different ways to be in someone's life, but I'd also say be open. <clears throat> we always want to take people for, we always want to really, under, if someone tells us where they're at and they say, I want something serious or I don't, we want to hear them and we want to take that seriously. But that also changes how someone feels sitting on an app about what they want with someone that can change. People have sometimes gone on dates with someone who said they weren't really looking for anything serious and then they match and things go well. And they're like, wow, I really do want a relationship with this person. Because again, whatever we state as our relational goals coming from a sitting by ourselves on the couch, watching a movie, eating popcorn. And like, that can't be something that's, you know, necessarily literalized, but at the same time, you have to hear it. And I know it's very conflicting advice. I want us to be really open. Sometimes hooking up is how we meet the right person and fall in love. Sometimes a friend with benefits evolves into more. But I wouldn't just go at it like, I want a serious long-term relationship and I'm only going on a date with someone else who immediately says that because it takes time. So here's my biggest piece of advice. Date before you relationship. Date for a while. Date multiple people at the same time for months to really get to see who these people are, to compare different experiences, to really figure out what you want, to give everyone an opportunity. Everyone has healthy competition. And I don't mean that as in you're pitting them against each other, but you're actually seeing who makes more sense for you. Some people relationship from the door. They meet the first person they like, they get off the apps, they overly focus on that person. No, that's a mess. Date. And then once you're dating someone for a couple months and you're dating multiple people, 
if one of them stands out to you, you say to them, hey, you know, maybe you want to do something more exclusive or maybe you don't. Maybe you want to try something poly and have multiple primary relationships. Maybe you want to be open and do non-monogamy. Lots of people on apps are saying that. I don't want monogamy, but I'm open to a primary partner. Be open. That person might be willing down the road to do monogamy with you. Maybe they won't. Someone who says they want monogamy years down the road might realize they no longer want it. So we, again, have to at the same time hear what they're saying, but also hold it lightly knowing that things change. People develop differently. But again, my bigger point is take it slow, see multiple people, date for a while, don't rush into anything, get to know people, really see if compatibility is there, have a lot of sex, you've been in a relationship for 10 years, really learn about your sexual self, really learn about your relational self, date some of the people you normally wouldn't, surprise yourself by dating people that are different from what you had dated before. Don't get obsessed with height and weight and income and all these ego-based factors that really prevent us from meeting really great people because those things have nothing to do with anything or the quality of a relationship we'll build with someone or what kind of partner they'll be. That is our ego and our anxiety talking. Release that. Um, don't date racists, don't date, uh, transphobes, <laughs> uh, don't date people that aren't pro abortion. Uh, I just want to throw that in there. Um, but the apps are going to be a journey for you. So be easy and kind with yourself. You're, you're stepping into a brave new world that, uh, we're all still trying to figure out even those that have been on the apps for a while, but do use the apps it gives you access to a wealth of great people and, um, have fun. That's my other big piece. Have fun. Dating should be fun. And if it's not fun, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it the right people. You know, have fun. We don't have to do it. We want to do it. So try to enjoy it, you know, but um, stay open, stay open, truly stay open. When in doubt, go find out. When in doubt, go out with that person and see, you know, when in doubt, go out again stay open, just focus on having fun and some great sex. All right, y'all, that is our show. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. In the DMs, questions, you got topics you want to hit, circled back to, drop deeper into. Um, love hearing from you, always anonymous, always confidential. We want your needs met. And past episodes of the show is always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it, post, re-listen, and share. Um, and more importantly, though, we're doing 70% in every single domain of our lives at home, at the office with our friends, because we're not living in burnout anymore. And when you're always going for hundred percent or perfect or no pain, no gain or whatever it is at the gym, at work, at home, 70% max. And instead we're focusing on self-care, which is about joy, pleasure, and leisure. Um, uh, be kind to yourselves, be kind to those around you. Thanks for hanging out. Have an awesome night. Good night, y'all. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 